When I became a grandparent, I realized there was a part of my heart that I had never known. I thought my heart was already full. Wasn't I surprised when I embraced the joy of being a grandparent and could love in a greater capacity? And I longed to have the same relationship with my grandchildren when they turned into teens, a time that most adolescents pass on their grandparents. The reason grandparents are living longer these days is because they're needed in the lives of their teen grandchildren to offer wisdom, to give encouragement, and to help them make it through those oftentimes troublesome adolescent years. The Grandparenting Small Group Curriculum, Leaving a Legacy of Hope, is a perfect set of lessons for those grandparents who want to remain engaged in the life of their teen grandchildren. Filmed at Amy Grant's farm in Franklin, Tennessee, this small group series is one of my favorite as I share insights and wisdom about the role of grandparents and how they can connect and make some memories before they lose theirs. Ten lessons, complete with a book of the same title, this series is a must for any small group of folks over the age of 45. Great material, thought-provoking ideas, with plenty of time for beneficial discussion. You can find this Leaving a Legacy of Hope curriculum series at www.grandparentingteens.com. That's grandparentingteens.com. Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregson sits down for a conversation with a couple of teens from Heartlight. Heartlight is a residential counseling center started by Mark and his wife, Jan, that creates an arena of change for both teens and parents. Let's hear from a couple of Heartlight's teens today. Abby, thank you for being a part of the program today. Tell tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you end up coming to Heartlight? What was going on that got you here? Well, I was running away from home, um, sneaking out, partying, hanging like with people. Mm. And then I had really bad anger issues to where I would get violent and stuff like that. Now, why were you so angry? Mainly because I was hurt, you know. Hurt from just like my past, because like my dad abandoned me when he was when I was younger. Wow. So how old were you? Him and my mom got divorced when I was three and he like was in and out of my life, but like he would only bring me around when he has like his girlfriends over to like impress them. Kind of show you off, kind of here's the new puppy mm-hmm. kind of thing. So what about your mom? Me and my mom were like chill, but like before I got sent here, uh, we had like a really up and down relationship. Like we would argue a lot because me and my mom have like the same attitude. Yeah, yeah. So how much older is your mom? Is she Was she a young mom when she had yeah, you? Yeah, she had me when she was 16 to 17. Wow, wow. Okay, so who's raising you? My grandparents raised me up to when I was 12 years old. Wow, and then from there, where have you been? I moved in with my mom, but the thing with moving with my mom didn't work out that good at the time because me and my mom would always get in arguments and she'd like 
send me over to my grandma's house because she couldn't handle me. Yeah. So, like, I never really, like, officially, like, live there. But, like, I do. Like, yeah. I have a bed there and everything, but, like... But your grandparents have been really involved in your life. hmm I mean, tell me about them a little bit. My grandma's, like... She's, like, a really loving person and all that, but, like, I kind of, like, get irritated of her because you know how, like, some grand- grandparents are, like, soft and, like, they're, like, a different generation, so they don't really, like, understand some things. Mm. Like, with the, like, wanting to, like, go out all the time and, like, have fun and stuff and, like, like they're, like, all involved in school. Like, when they're younger, they're, like, all involved in school and, like, school's the main priority, but, like, to me, it's, like different because school is really hard for me so I always would like skip class and stuff because yeah, I thought yeah. it wasn't like that important yeah but, but I mean your grandparents I mean that's two generations away from you mm-hmm. that those are a group of people that grew up in a completely different world than you did I imagine your grandparents grew up in the 50s or 60s mm-hmm. you know way back when and and before there were cell phones and before everybody was interacting that way in the social networking deal and you know I so their idea of parenting is probably a little bit different than what you would like their oh, yeah. idea to be, you know. And so the, do you think that every grandparent is kind of like that, though? A little bit in yeah. a way, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I say that because I, I don't mean that to be negative by any means on grandparents, it's, but I think it's helping grandparents, especially if there's any grandparents listening to this program, that that there is a difference and and don't try to say there's not a difference because there is. And once you recognize that there is a difference, then I think that's where some change can happen in a grandparent's life to kind of figure out, okay, how do we do this? Because it is a different di- generation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me about your granddad. I actually love my grandpa. He's like a really goofy guy. But like me and him get along better, better than my, me and my grandma because we're like females, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. We like try and like pick on each other and stuff. But like me and my grandpa get along really well because like he's a more like empathetic. But like my grandpa, like me and him are closer than like anyone else in my family. Okay, so if you had to describe their impact that they've had on your life, it, it, where would you be if your grandparents weren't involved in your life? Probably on the streets, honestly, because, like, I'm yeah. too much to handle for my mom, especially when she was younger and she didn't, like, really, like, do college when mm. she had me. So, like, it was kind of a struggle. And I feel like, honestly, she would have, like, maybe, like, given me up because if my wow. grandparents weren't around to take care of me, then I wouldn't, like, you know... Isn't it funny that that people that you love, like your grandparents, that you find that there's a little difference in the way that you guys think about the world and and what your involvement is supposed to be? But you still love them because of what they've done for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about that you'd be on the street if they wouldn't be involved, wow. Yeah. I mean, what a mess that would be. And I've met them, and and they're just dear people, I think. They, They remind me of... Typical grandparents, and I'm a, mm-hmm. and I'm a grandparent, and I get it, but I don't know why your grandparents just remind me of that, and and they're just something that I go, I you know, when I've spent time with them, when we were up at a barn here at Heartlight, and we were just sitting there talking, I thought I just I just really enjoy them. They're just down to earth people. What do you think their their words or their impact have made on you? 
Well, my grandpa always constantly reminds me to stay focused on school because f- before I got sent here, I was honestly thinking about dropping out and just like start working and mm-hmm. stuff. And my grandpa's like, keep reminding me like, do, finish school, then do whatever you want, just finish school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, he's kind of like impacted me just like as a reminder to like do school, like yeah, don't yeah. drop out, cause like I want to be able to say like I did it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Grandpa is kind of uh, uh, influenced by sharing wisdom, and and Grandma's kind of uh, try to help mold your character a little bit. So yeah, they're she's kind of like my mom. Basically. Yeah, they're always telling you ways to make it better, which is a great thing because you sure wouldn't a grandmother trying to tell you how to do things worse. But I think it's kind of interesting that I think most moms and grandmas are just that way because they want something so good for you. So, you know, I think that's kind of cool. What do you think you'd be if it wasn't for your grandparents? I mean, when I, you say out on the street, but really, what do you think you'd be? Honestly, I don't know. Like, I've never really like thought about like that. Yeah. I think they've had quite a big impact on you, probably more than you know. Maybe you'll realize Yeah, I don't day. really, like, notice it, but, like, you know. That's cool. That's cool. Where do you think you'd be without Heartline? I'd probably be dropped out of school living with, like, some of my, like, friends. Mm. I probably would be living, like, at a trailer house or something right now because my friends are kind of, like, ghetto. Like, they're... Like, they're not, like, high class or anything. They just, like, they're, like, they live, like, they're grown up in, like, the hood and stuff. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that would have been a good life or whatever. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I'm anxious for you to finish up the program and go home and get to the next step in life and see what happens. But thank you for being on the program today. You're welcome. Little did I know that when I took my wife, Jan, on our first date to a Led Zeppelin concert in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 52 years ago, when we had just finished our ninth grade of school, that we would one day be looking at each other, knowing we have spent our life working with parents and teens in all ways possible. I've not stopped wondering what we would have been had we not become who we are. And I'm happy God called us to the life that we've lived together, helping families and teens. We'd never had a master plan of our lives, but the master had a plan. And I'm sure I would have messed it up if he would have shared it with me. We've just kept following the path he's laid before us. We would have never imagined radio, podcasts, books, seminars, kids, conferences, speaking engagements, and our residential counseling center called Heartlight in Longview, Texas. Who would have thought... We have spent our lives helping others, so we ask people to help us help others. We need you because they need us. If you've ever wanted to be a part of something that is making a difference throughout all of North America, I would encourage you to be a part of what we're doing at Heartlight. It takes a whole lot of love and a whole lot of money to make it happen. So, will you help us save the lives of more and more teens? Hey, it's only money. You take none of it with you. And we are always in need and always extremely grateful for your participation with us. To make a donation, go to heartlightministries.org. 
That's heartlightministries.org. Thanks for your partnership. Caden, thanks for being a part of the program today. I, I know that you and I have had plenty of time to sit down and, and talk and spend time together throughout your time here at Heartlight, but I want, I want everybody else to meet you and know who you are. I mean, like okay. you're in seventh grade and you smoke yes. pot for the first time. Right. And it was because of a boy. Okay. So, so, so here you are smoking pot. And mm-hmm. Do you remember when you did that? Yes. Yes. I regretfully yes. remember it. Or uh, I think I was 13, maybe 14. And the guy I was dating was 18. And I I don't think he would have cared if I didn't. I think he would have been fine with it. But I was like, in my mind, it was boyfriends and girlfriends are the same. They have to do the same things and be yeah, the same yeah. person. And so if he was smoking weed and we were in an area where his friends were smoking weed, then I didn't want, like, I'm not his girlfriend if I don't smoke weed. Okay, you know the, the thing that's a little weird with that is I I understand a 13 year old girl wanting to hang out with an 18 year old guy. Right. I understand that. I don't agree with it, but but I don't understand an 18 year old guy wanting to hang out with a 13 year old girl. Right. That's a little weird a little to weird. me. When you look back on that, does that weird you out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I knew I was mature. For my age, but I was also very immature at a lot of moments. And so, yes. And I wasn't, like, I had braces and I didn't <laughs> take, like, I just, like, I wasn't, I didn't look older. And so, yeah, that, I think that really was. But but anyway, what do you think the drive was for you as a 13-year-old that you wanted the affection of an 18-year-old? What was driving inside of you that made you long for that? I I don't want to put, I mean, stereotypically, it's because I have a bad relationship with my father. And your dad's a pretty neat guy. He is very, I, I mean, he's very I love amazing. him to death. He's so. very amazing. He's very smart. When I was younger, he had a very strange way of showing affection. Mm. His way of showing affection was teaching me the world. He wanted me to learn independency when I was young. And so I think. At my age that I was at when I moved in with him, I was nine. That independency was more of not independency. He gave me a lot of, like, isolation. Really? So I'd get home at school, what, three to four, and they wouldn't get home till six, seven, maybe eight o'clock. If I wanted a snack, I'd have made it. If I needed, I mean, I have to entertain myself for several hours, I'm going to have to learn how to do it. And so I was left at home a lot. You think that's where guys came into play? and? Um. Well, yeah, I didn't really get affection from my dad. I just got, like, knowledge. Mm. And so I tried to tell him, Dad, like, spend time with me. I told him, Dad, spend time with me. And he was like, I do. I took you to the museum last week. (laughs) And so um, I almost, I guess I dated older guys because I knew that I'd almost get my dad's attention. Mm. And it wasn't like a... I want him to beat up the guys. I want him to notice me. And he's obviously going to start like paying attention to me if this older guy's coming into play. Wow. So you, you've you got this relationship with your dad. You're dating older guys. You're smoking pot in seventh grade. What started, what started to get to the point where you were going, okay, there is something that's not right. That, I mean, when did you begin to realize, 
Was it before you got to Heartlight or after you got to Heartlight? Well, I think I knew before I got to Heartlight. I just want to say it out loud and I wouldn't even admit it to myself. Hmm. And so I think when I actually realized, okay, there's something wrong was um, I tried to commit suicide when I was in sophomore year. So it was just a few years ago before I came to Heartlight. It was my mindset was... I have done so much wrong in my life. I've hurt so many people and I'm being like emotionally hurt and like put down is because I deserve it. It wouldn't be happening to me if I didn't deserve it. So it's just my punishment. I wanted to get out of my punishment. And so suicide was a thought. Was, yes. was there ever a thought that maybe I need to quit doing the stuff that I'm doing to to stop the consequences? Or was it just, well, no, this is pretty normal because I'm meeting my needs? Um, it actually was the opposite. It was, I I wasn't, I felt like I wasn't getting enough punishment. Wow. Like physical punishment. I felt like I should get like, for example, more grounding or more spankings or yada, 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 versus like I was in a, mo- a lot more emotional pain because I was, okay. I saw yeah, the pain and that's And that's interesting because it's, I want more, but but more is driving you to want to commit suicide, but right. you're not doing it because you're close to family. That seems like a pretty conflicted life. Yeah. Okay, so when your parents got a hold of us and you weren't bad enough, then what happened the next year that made it bad enough? That Because I would already go, man, I heard that. I'd go, it's bad now. I mean, right. this little girl's messed up. So what happened that brought you to the point of going, okay, I'm going? Well, I ran away from home and Mm. I've never done that before. I'm talking like I packed my suitcase. It was pretty planned. I was planned that day, but um, it was planned. um, At what age? 16. Wow. And so my parents, I don't think they got more than 12 hours of sleep within the week I was gone. Wow. They did Facebook advertisements. They did everything they could um, to try to find me, and they did. They found me, and when I saw them, I still physically ran away from them, yeah. physically when yeah. I saw them. Yeah. And so um, that was – and when they did that to try to find me, they had to dig and dig and dig and dig. And the little th- – subtle things that they kind of knew something was more underlining over the last Mm. five years, Mm. they were able to find out what all that underlining stuff was. What was it? Drugs, but that wasn't the primary. I think that was just like... That's just the expression of other issues going on. Um, I tried to do anything just to get money. And so I wasn't willing to, like, I was about to prostitute myself. I was just, I just wanted more money. I just wanted to be more independent. And my mom wrote me a letter when I was in wilderness and it said, you're willing to sell yourself for so-called freedom. And yeah. that has always stuck with me, that line. Wow. Because that, wow. that's true. I was willing to put myself in a very un, not like I didn't have a lot of freedom being in that situation, but I thought I was getting freedom, but I was, I was doing the complete opposite. Wow. You know, it's. It, I mean, it's always interesting. I, you know, the the situations that that people find themselves caught in, uh, in a sentence, where would you have been had you not come to Heartlight? Uh, I mean, I tell everyone I'd be dead, mm-hmm. and a lot of kids here they're like, "Why does everyone say that?" But it's true. If you actually look at the timeline of my life, what I was doing with my life, if it wasn't for suicide again, it would have been by an accidental overdose yeah, of something else. Yeah. Wow. Because 
when I ran away, I was like, well, there's no one else to make happy. It's just me now. So why shouldn't I try Molly? Why shouldn't I try XC? Why shouldn't I try acid? Why not all three at once? Yeah. So it's just a downhill spiral. I didn't really care about my life or myself. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're doing better. You're getting ready to go home soon and, and, uh, and if people are scratching their head listening to this, then <laughs> I would go, now you know exactly what parents feel when they're right. scratching their head trying to figure out what they do with a child that's spinning out of control. But, Caden, thanks for being a part of the, of the program. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.